My name is Maceo. My name is Puno. And this is our podcast. It's fun with Puno and Maceo. Maceo and Puno. It's Puno and Maceo. <laughs> Whatever. I'm here with Jen Gotch in her lovely home in Highland Park, Los Angeles. Yeah. I just want to jump in about this trash dancing thing. <laughs> okay. Because I think it's so. I do dance breaks myself. Yeah. But why do you do them in the dumpster area? Yeah. I can tell you the inception story of the trash dancing, and then that'll explain everything. (laughs) So that the dumpster area is in the parking garage that is below Bandau, uh, one of the happiest places on earth. Mm -hmm. And one night after a very long day of work, me and some of the girls walked down to our cars, and I opened the door to the garage, and the two dumpsters were full of six dumped dumpsters worth of trash. Like it was just to the top, to the top and over onto the floor. We share a building with like this little market. So I think they maybe had just done a very large purge. Mm -hmm. And I just like the irony of the situation that there's this like sparkly pink world. And then underneath (laughs) is like this. (laughs) And I was like, I think I just need to dance right now. <laughs> like I just was like, it just struck me as so funny. And I, and I asked one of the girls to record me. I'm like, we just have to show people what's actually going on here. And it sort of evolved. I mean, when I get really happy or like excited, like that's the way I want to like process it through my body is through dancing. Is someone holding the phone? Yes. No, now it's just me. Okay. Yeah. The first time she held the phone and then I was like, I don't really want to dance in front of people. Oh, I should put this. <laughs> uh, You're I, like, can you please leave? <laughs> yeah. No, I literally, I purposely started going into the office like 10 minutes later than everybody so that they wouldn't come into the garage while I was dancing. I know I have like a little Tupperware and I put the phone up. Yeah. And I do my thing and then I go. So you play the music from your car? No, from my phone. And you can record music. Yeah. It's, it's, I just put it on Spotify. It's a nightmare. You can play music from your phone while your camera is recording. If you do it straight into Instagram, like I'm not doing a video and then editing it. I'm just like hitting Hitting like hands free and just okay. going. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and there's TikTok too nowadays. <laughs> I'm so afraid of TikTok, but I'm sure that would probably be a good outlet. Can well. I ask you a question on the on that note of TikTok? Yeah. Or it's kind of related, but like, what is the average demographic of Bando person? Millennial. Millennial. So, so I mean, it's it's probably a little bit broader than that now. So Gen Z, but I and women, obviously. So yeah. like the Mando thing to never 30, took off. No, I mean trying. <laughs> I don't. I just there's no way with me at the helm. Um, yeah, no, I would say like eighteen to thirty. I mean, that's kind of a broad thing, but mm. women. Okay. All right. Some some men and and certainly that's the core demo. I would say like eighty five percent of the customer. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um. And so, do you feel like and you, Macy? Yeah, and just me. Yeah, like, I'm like it's like ninety nine percent women. Yeah. You know, and Macy and though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. So okay. So when you started trash dancing, did everyone up like do your do your do your 
Does their people. staff know what's going on, like well, down as below? It's, no, as it's because ha- it's it's like a few stories up, so they don't know it's happening. But I usually just do it and put it back, like on Instagram right away. So by the time I walk upstairs, some people have seen it. <laughs> You're like sweating. Yeah. You come into work sweating. Yeah. And I mean, and I'm up like, three hey. flights of stairs anyway, so I'm sweating. So regardless. you never know whether it's because of you trash. You just don't dancing. know. I'm always exasperated when I get to the top of the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. I, you know, I always feel like I end up doing more. I don't know, like recording crazier stuff whenever Daniel's not home, which is so yeah. rare. Yeah. Um, and I, I like sometimes I just wish like I had a moment because I, I started dating him right out of college. I mean, oh, in wow. college. So I never really like live by myself. Um, and I always kind of wish I had that time so I could have just gone ham on that content, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like now I have to get over it. And I like Macy was saying, I got to dance while he's eating oatmeal. You know, yeah. and he's yeah. not, he's not judging me, but he's also not like rooting me on. Like, right. So if you, if you, you know, Puno's got a loft. Yeah. So it's like, he's maybe in the other room. Right, right, right. But like, he kind of knows what's happening. Right, right, you right. Know? Like, but he's, he's like, yeah, he's not, like, all right, I'm over here. My ex husband was, I mean, he sort of was that way in that he, I don't think would judge it. I think he would sometimes wonder how he got involved <laughs> with mm. with me. But really all of that, like even just content in general for social media that was personal or weird or dark or really light happened after he left because I did. I mean, I had like essentially my own soundstage, to, you know, day and night, to just like whenever I felt like doing anything, I could do it. And I didn't have to ask yeah. turn the TV off or don't watch me while I do this. And it just like, I still like, I think people just assume that I want to like go in front of a crowd of people and talk on stories, but it's like, my whole thing is very personal. Like I prefer to just use it as more of like a documentation of my thoughts and life mm-hmm. and not like, I'm, like not to entertain IRL, even though someday that would be fun. But so do you think that if, you know, like for example, when I move in, yes, that you'll, you will, you'll... I would still do it with you here. <laughs> and I'm just like, let me, let me I just feel like you would, yeah, you would also just like there would be no question in your mind, so you would just sort of glaze over and be like, and then every once in a while, you'd be like, go girl. I think you're, yeah, the other thing I wanted to talk to you about, which is just, I mean, part of this is just like selfishly, I just wanted to. Okay. Re- like hang out with you. Yeah, you've got me here. Um, so. Can we talk about your hair? Yeah. <laughs> Let's you said that. <laughs> you were at one point like a model or actress. Well, I when I first moved out here, I was like, maybe I'll be an actress. <laughs> okay. I, I wouldn't go so far as to say I was either of those things. So tell us how you came from that to now. <laughs> what you, what, what, a, you, what does that have to I do guess with what, my hair? I guess what I want to find out. <laughs> When I met you, you had like a Sia thing. Oh, oh. Well, I was going through a very dark time when we. But met. I didn't see. I don't know what your hair looked like before that. My hair sometimes looks like looked like how it looks now. Like my hair was constantly changing. Mm. But when we met, I had like a white 
bob yeah. with like very short bangs. Mm -hmm. And it was just like pain, pain, pain coming through. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like it was like, I was trying to disassociate with myself. So I like made myself look like some, I, I mean, not actively, but in retrospect, right. I was just like, if I don't look like myself in the mirror, then I don't have to face myself. So now are you now I'm me, you're you. Mm -hmm. Okay. But you still have an alter ego. Do I? Yeah. <laughs> Desert Jen. <laughs> That's true. So Puno, let me catch you up because I want you to be able to jump in here. Jen Gotch has an alter ego called Desert Jen, and I put a TM on it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is actually a good around like the topic of it's fun in spite of. Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But she has like this house in the desert. Mm -hmm. I don't know exactly where. She won't let me visit. Well, that was just a rough. That was a rough day that day. <laughs> um, and there's like Desert Jen, which yeah. is like kind of different. Yeah. Well, she is, she's seen the other side. Desert Jen was born out of me going out to the desert to finish the book because I was not arriving here. And my editor suggested like go away somewhere isolated. And I like had always dreamed of being a writer in the desert and I don't know why. And so I was like, I'll just go to the desert. And like within three days of being there, I'm like, oh, wow. Like just tapped in to like, you know, it's just a thinner veil there. So you can like really feel the other side and then desert mm -hmm. Jen is just like ch I'm pretty chill she is like she's talking to the spirit world and connecting <laughs> with bunnies and like oh. just is just peace and love peace and love like mm -hmm. that's just her so it's me but like a higher vibration of me yeah how long does it take for you to get into Desert Gen oh. Zone. Like, is it three days or two days? Or? No, no, no. Once I get off the 10, I'm like there. Ooh. Like, as oh. soon as I take that exit for Joshua Tree. I can also get her here. But Ooh. I can't maintain it in the way that I can there. But, yeah, as soon as I pull off, it's like I'm just like you're, my whole body, like my, like my molecules shift. Hmm. I can feel that. I don't know if you guys have ever gotten off the 10 and headed into the high desert, but it's like yeah. an energy shift just in general. Oh, yeah. The desert is a special place, I think, also because it doesn't have a lot that is um, sparkly stimulating. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, it's no a quiet, noise. interesting yes. to, to it. Yeah. It's like you see what you want to see. Yeah, like and UFOs. Like, like UFOs. I mean, I've seen several. Yeah. <laughs> You wake up and, this, and it's like, yeah, no, I, that, I mean, I've literally had that happen. So the house is going well now or it's, it's going getting well? there. It's, it's been a real lesson in managing expectations and patience, a lesson, which I thought I had learned, but apparently I needed to learn it again. Mm -hmm. Always be tested. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to pass this time so we can be done with that lesson mm -hmm. this lifetime. <laughs> uh, um, uh, excuse me, Maceo. Yeah, Puno, what's up? Um, so this conversation is amazing, but as you know, we have a sponsor that we should do our ad for. Oh, yes. Please tell him. Uh, the ad is for iloveCreatives.com. Are you and the founder of iloveCreatives? 
Yeah, okay. I sure am. And and we invested in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally okay with you doing your own ad. Please carry on. Okay, thank you, thank you. Um, so ilovecreatives.com has all sorts of fun, amazing things to do, including some edutainment. We have uh, like uh, an Instagram content planning course. And actually, there is a free episode that we did with later.com. Do you use later? I will now. Okay. Hey. Um, but yeah, check it out. Go to ilovecreatives.com and look under courses and it's over there. But uh, yeah, enough of me yapping. Let's get back to the episode. All right. See you there. Woo. So you had different hair when you first moved here <laughs> and then you just decided instead to start Bando. Because <laughs> acting wasn't working out. Like, did you start that off by selling like amazing keychains first, and then? No, I mean, listen. Between the figuring out that I didn't want to be an actress was very fast, and then I went through like several other jobs, and then a different career, and then which was like prop styling and food styling. And then I got into set design. Who knows a stylist too? Yeah, I feel like maybe we <laughs> talked about it when we met, but I can't, I mean, that was a long time ago. For, for that was so long ago. It was the exact same time ago. for both of us. <laughs> Although time feels sometimes like it stretches for me. Um, anyways, then I got into photography. And so I was like sort of just taking the path of like stylist and beyond I mean Puna probably gets that there's like a little there's a ladder if you want to climb it mm-hmm. and yeah and then Bando was literally just like a side project that my friend and I started that we were making like one-of-a-kind headbands like hair accessories but big and they were like 300 bucks it was like a it's a completely different thing than mm-hmm. it is now but at its core, it was really us wanting to create things that brought people joy and like would let us feel connected to people without necessarily being able to like be right in front of them. And those aren't things necessarily you articulate when you start a side project. But like when I, in retrospect, when I see the through line, because Bando has changed so much product wise and like, you know, it's, a true company now but that through line is still there that like we just want to like touch people's lives in a positive way we just do it differently that's so crazy because like today I was kind of talking about when I quit my job um and I I was I was like listing all my deal breakers about what the job wasn't giving me. And one of them was like, I don't have a relationship with my customers because there's a lot of NDAs and Mm -hmm. it was like a video game. So I like just wanted to help people like me who wanted something else but didn't know what it was. And I I like had no idea at all that, I mean, I I can look at it in retrospect and say it so clearly now, but like back then I, I don't, I don't even know that I was thinking that. And I think that was when I met you. Yeah. Was when was. I was like, I don't know. And I was just blabbing. <laughs> it was a good blab. I mean, I, I knew what you were talking about. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we're of the same mind. But I, but I actually think it's a good 
point for the listener to say like a lot of times you don't have it figured out in the moment. So like those of us that can articulate it so well now, it's because it's behind us, not ahead of us. Because I was wanted to be an actress. I came here because I was living in San Diego and it was um, peaceful there, but there was a little voice inside of me that said like, nut, you're not going to amount to much if you stay here just because you're just going to chill all the time. And I came mm-hmm. up to LA to visit a friend and I was like, this it's like pulsing here, you but know, you, you're from Florida. Yeah. I'm from Florida. Okay, cool. I just wanted to make sure that yeah, it wasn't I, like your parents moved there. Out no, there. no, no. I moved by myself out to San Diego to just like start just to like jumpstart right. a life. I just needed a change. Did you so, go to college? Mm-hmm. Florida state. What'd you study? Uh, literature and philosophy, well, like oh, pre-law. Yeah. yeah, that's deep. You guys want to speak Latin? Yeah. E pluribus. Yeah. the diem. Carpe diem, e pluribus unum. That's all we know. You know what? I took three years of Latin, and I know the same amount of Latin <laughs> that you guys know. So there's that. I don't even. So we can go to Latin world. Was, yeah. So you took this English literature stuff. How did does, did it? Is it a, did you uh, pull any pull from that to write your book? No. <laughs> In fact, I think people at first glance of the first draft were like, did you study English? <laughs> Do you know English? Yeah, I don't. We don't we're not seeing the connection with you and your native tongue. So That's funny. We're going to have to edit it. <laughs> so how come this isn't like the story of Bando? What do you mean? Like the book. The book. Well, it is. It's, it's, I mean, it's a memoir, but it, so it touches on everything. So it's basically like, like, sort of like my journey with mental health through all of this, like Mm. getting Mm. diagnosed, trying to get the proper medicine, moving out here, trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life, getting married, getting divorced, starting a company, selling a company today. Like it's. It's everything. I was, I just started doing the audiobook, mm-hmm. and uh, like when I was reading it and I got through the Bando chapters, I was like, there's a lot of business. Like, I don't remember there being like this much like business talk and business oh. advice and stuff. So it's like, it is, I feel like it's kind of three things in one. Okay. But that sounds like something yeah. I would do. Anyways, why? Okay. Why good. does that be one? Yeah. Yeah. So that's great. It's in there. So when you, when you were, um, when you were kind of doing the, um, depression mm-hmm. um, necklaces, necklaces. Mm-hmm. that was like a big turn yeah for bandeau but like, yeah not for me but not, for them yeah, yeah for them so how yeah. did that like go over it well uh in a lot of different ways you know it, it i mean it was first of all it was like one of those things i was actually sitting at this table and like the idea just like popped in like somebody inserted it it was just like one of those types of things that there was no question in my mind that i was doing it or not i was like i'll just start an etsy store like that's that was the way and then i was like well i should probably ask like our ceo <laughs> if you'd like to be involved yeah and he was game, you know, I mean, he's been subjected to me for so many years that, I, you know, his sort of awareness about that stuff. Um, and it, and so it just went very quickly. And when we launched the necklaces, it was very mixed, like, um, but there was, there was a lot of activity like and energy. Like the customer side? Yes. Like, how dare you? And thank you. Mm-hmm. So, which is something we had never experienced because like, we're quite like, non-controversial yeah. um and 
it was exciting to me to know that we were stirring the pot that much. And I knew like very well that what I knew it was a very pure intention thing. It was like something I wanted to do to help people open conversations and destigmatize it. We were giving all the, I mean, we've donated like almost $150,000 to bring change to mind. So it was like, there was, there were a lot of people that were confused and like thinking we were glamorizing something or trying to profit. There's people that follow Bando that don't follow you. So many. And I also didn't realize that, like I had talked about the necklaces on my, and people were like, yeah, I can't wait. And then when that launched and, and like, I mean, I got a death threat. People were just like, oh, mad. So maybe and, there's some people wow. the first time hearing about you was like this company that they liked. Yeah, it just, well, also it's just like mental illness so is sensitive. very triggering yeah. for a lot of people. And I think um, because it's not for me, I made the mistake of like identifying everyone with to have the same experience that I would. And so it was a great, I mean, that's when you learn stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Like if everything goes right, you don't learn anything. So it, um, mm-hmm. it helped. And, and it was exciting for Bando because I felt I had really been wanting to a have a philanthropic effort and b like be able to do more than just like offer fun. Not that, you know, it just started to feel very trivial for me. And so like, it just felt like we popped the bu- the bubble immediately. I mean, the necklaces sold out in an hour. It, it was like, it was, a there was like, you guys know, like, I mean, you guys are creatives and you know, like when something has, takes on an energy of its own very quickly. Um, mm-hmm. So we just leaned in, like it, it just, I just am so grateful for that because it has really given Bando an opportunity to evolve into something much closer to what I was envisioning it becoming. Yeah. Um, and then it allows me to kind of stay even further ahead and like be the North star for the company. Right. And so you are the North star for the company, yeah. I think, but you're not the CEO. How yeah. does that work with like people often think of the CEO as like the boss boss. Yeah. But at least from my perspective, you're like very much in the driver's seat in terms of a lot of things. Yeah. Creatively, like as far as like, brand vision and um, voice and like where, where will we be five years from now? And like driving that, that's, that's my job. You know, for a long time, I, I was very rooted in the business side as well. Um, But sort of as we grew, it's not, I mean, I'm good at it, but I, I don't love business in quotes what type of business that we were doing before somebody came and helped but I think like over time I mean as things grow there's the responsibility and it just changed and I don't have any experience like managing that type of business or that like I I was very clear that I don't want that job because I'm not I'm not entrepreneurial in that way like we have a lot of friends that are like founders and entrepreneurs and I don't identify as that like I know that on paper I am that but I'm like a creative I'm like a visionary person like I I don't want to be confined to those responsibilities and I'm not serving our business because I have no experience it's like when you bring on people that have 20 years of experience of like growing a company and Mm -hmm. pulling from that like why would I ever but it is very most people just still think I'm the CEO and I'm just like, I'm, I'm not, (laughs) I don't want to be, I want the company to succeed. (laughs) So (laughs) do you feel like that if you didn't, like, if you weren't the one who 
grew it from the business side in the beginning that it wouldn't be what it is today of I don't know I'm always a little cautious about that because yeah. it, it just I don't know it's like it's so hard in the beginning to find someone that completely gets what not just what you're trying to do because you you don't know what it is that you're trying to do but is down for the ride in a sense yeah. no 100 I mean I had a co-founder so we were able to sort of split a lot of those responsibilities early on, but I completely agree that like there is time in the beginning where you you're trying to like put your stamp on it, even if you don't know what that is or realize that you're doing that. So there's still a ton of like business sensibility that I know was mine (laughs) that, which was born out of a lack of business sensibility that created a different kind of business um, that certainly comes through today. I mean, now it's aided by like actual structure and strategy that makes sense. But yeah, yeah, I agree. But I think, I mean, if that's the advice you gave to her, I think that's like very sound advice to say, like, if you can find someone that you feel like is plugging into the same outlet as you and charging the same things, then like, how wonderful as a creative to be supported in that way of someone that has a very operational brain you know because it's very rare that you can do both or should you you know it's like you then you're like stuck self-editing and like it's just so but yes if not then maybe it's just like being a little bit more patient with the growth and like letting yourself create the thing first because I I kind of I feel that way with with Daniel because he's definitely the maintenance guy and the operations guy and the sense of uh, our businesses but like until it exists until like my idea is executed. He doesn't really know exactly what to do with it. But Mm -hmm. once he sees it, then he's like, got it, know how to maintain it, know how to, you know, build it with you. But like it, for for people who think like that, it's, it's really, it's actually harder for them to see the, to be the visionary like you are. Yeah, no, I, I, I've experienced that even like within the last few years where there were some things that I saw so clearly that I likened it to like there being a man in front of me that I could describe down to the size of his pores and that mm. was an invisible man to the to the people on the business side. And, and I'm like, he's right here. Look at him. And, and and they were like, I want to see him, but he is, (laughs) you know, it was like that sort of thing. And I, and I, and I have come to realize like what you're saying, like when you have that particular skill set, it is so clear to you that you just can't even imagine that the other people can't see it, but most people cannot see it. <laughs> so you do have to like find a way to lay groundwork. And so like what my struggle was is that I wanted everyone to see what I saw immediately and to implement it immediately, which is like a complete impossibility. Like you need the You need time in order to bring people to your vision. And it takes time to execute that. So it's the idea of immediacy. It's just like we had that when Vando was at the beginning because it was literally like we had an idea. We made it, took a picture of it, sold it. And there was no, you know, we were all plugged into the same outlet. And now it's like it is. It used to get me so frustrated. Now I'm like, I don't even have to try to explain it. I'm just going to do it and be it. And like, and then mm-hmm. they'll see it eventually. They always see it eventually. I just had to like 
temper my expectations. So that's maybe like the this like piece of the case of the charismatic founder. Mm, okay, I'm really excited about this, this. This idea that like there's something about Bando, there's something about I Love Creatives, there's something about what I do um, that wouldn't exist without you. Right. But you're but you're also like doing other stuff. Yeah, it can't really contain me anymore. Right. So yeah. like there is a there is a lot of energy that's your energy. The mm-hmm. brand is comes like it, it yeah. emerged yeah. from your yes. brain or heart. Yeah. And if you leave, it will change. Yes. So the the case of the charismatic founder is like is that a strength or a setback for the business? Yeah. Um I mean, I think it's a strength, you know. Um, and for you, do you is that like a burden that like if you times, decide to do something else, yeah. your company will change in a way that is no longer reflective of your legacy? Yeah. I mean, the, um, at times it feels like a burden. It sort of goes in waves, you know, just like life, business. It's like there are peaks and valleys. There are times where I just like do not want, just don't want to be there you know, and, and then like, now I'm just like, love it, you know? And, and I think that it started being not just a reflection of me years ago when other people started also contributing to like major creative decisions. So I, I think right now the way it's situated has really been sort of a very slow transition because I really started articulate started to articulate years ago that like I'm gonna need I won't be able to be contained by this because I want to do more with my life and I can't do everything through this but I would never want to leave this but like we have to start working towards a place where I can be more you know, mm-hmm. and I'm like just really one of the luckiest people in the world to have the situation that I have. And I think like um, I, I think I'm sure there are people that these are meetings that I'm not in where they're like strategizing what that looks like. I mean, even in writing a book, I was gone for a long time. The book tour, I'm going to be gone. Like I'm out, you know. Yeah. I mean, I think about like mm-hmm. the podcast. There's yeah. like. There's, it's Jen's podcast. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's not a bando podcast. No, not at all. Yeah. And, and, and and I have my book. That's not my company's book. Of course. And we have this podcast. We're working out where it fits within our various things. Yeah. I mean, Puno, your vlog is, is that an ILC vlog or is that Puno vlog? It's a Puno vlog. Yeah. So my life. (laughs) It makes sense of like what to avail to bando versus what to... Well, I think, I think that sort of connects to what I was just saying as far as like, I felt very, I mean, it was sort of a very ego driven thing where I was like, it should reflect me exactly. Like my, you know, I've evolved and it's much easier for a person to evolve quickly. Like a brand can't just can't do it that fast. Mm. And, and so Mm -hmm. I was getting very impatient because I I felt disconnected if we were not on the same page. And so like what I've realized now is that like, I, as soon as I let go of that and just did my thing, like there's still an umbilical cord to the business. Like it's being fed what I'm, taking in Mm -hmm. it just 
it's develop. I mean, it's a younger thing. Um, can I interrupt for a second? Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I really just need to jump in and tell you that as one of the other sponsors of the podcast, Citizens of Culture has a great newsletter. Right now we have about 20,000 subscribers and they love coming to us because we talk about all things cultural. We talk about art a little bit, but we really talk about the big ideas that relate to life, love, and business. So if you want to get some of that information, follow us at citizensofculture.com hit the subscribe button to our newsletter. Beep. That was me. That was me touching. Maybe it's like click, click. That's me subscribing. Awesome. Thanks, Puno. See you at the podcast. Yeah, anytime. Right. But your, your creative practice mm -hmm. is more than just Bando. Yeah. And I guess Bando isn't, isn't, uh, isn't the place for you to, do all of the stuff. I can't. Yeah. And I wouldn't want to. And it wouldn't be fair to Bandeau. And it doesn't give anyone else a voice. But I think they can like glean from me the things that make sense. Like there are people now that just absorb and then apply it in a way that makes sense for Bandeau. And then I don't get as involved because that's when it would get really sticky. You know, because it's frustrating because you're like, I'm identified with Bando and like a person that maybe isn't in our line of work just as, assumes I'm the CEO and I make all the decisions and I've approved everything and this is all I know or all I have to share. And it's like, well, that's not the case. And, mm -hmm. and also like, I don't have to try and prove that anymore. Like that just, you know, I know. Yeah. Um, Puno, you have to leave soon. Oh no, it's fine. I, I delayed. Okay. Thing. You go all night. Long form. Long form. Yeah, long form. Long form. Long form TikTok. TikTok. Okay. So the other thing I wanted to go back to was uh the energy. Oh wait, I had a oh, I had yeah, a thing about the about well, what? so uh, the charismatic founder. Mm -hmm. Actually, I think I, I, I was. Not really. Okay. I've never heard it before. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. Wait. Yeah. You, you, totally, you totally did, Maceo. This was like last night. He right? immediately was like, no. I don't, I don't think I came up with it. I could look it up, but you asked yeah. the question. Well, because I was like, I wrote it down because you said it. <laughs> I was like, I, that's great. Ask the, ask the He's Googling it as he runs the I'll question. take credit. Okay. I'm not, I'm not sure. Well, I guess like I, I think that charisma is like an interesting trait for business yeah. that just brings relatability in like communication and conversations that you just, you're, you have to have, like you have to have a conversation with your customers. You have to have a conversation with your business partners and your employees. And, and it's like, if it just it just kind of like smooths it out a little bit and makes the road so much more interesting and fun and optimistic and joyful and all the things that Bando represents. And I feel like it's something that they don't really teach in a way. I mean, I guess I'm, my friend and I, we used to call it positive manipulation, but I think at the end of the day, it's just charisma. <laughs> it's really... Another thing I was going to say, though, is like on the charismatic founder, like, I, is there such a thing as an uncharismatic founder anyways? Like who can, 
who can be the founder of a company and not have optimism and charisma? And well, like, like, what does that look like? Different with Bobby. Right. Because his brand is like not him. Right. You know? Yeah. It's not like him. Yeah. He has other co-founders. Yeah, yeah, and like, yeah. Like people are like, oh, Bobby Hundreds? Cool. The Hundreds. I love the Hundreds. Yeah. Um, so though Bobby is charismatic, yeah. he is the creative engine yeah, yeah, behind yeah. The, the work. Yeah. But he's not um, – he's not – the, He's transitioned a little bit into it. I, I mean, I'm like, I think I yeah, completely like, identify him as the, yeah. Like, I think I think when yeah. I was when I was growing up, oh, I never had any idea who Bobby Hundreds was. Right, but now he. he but mean, now, yeah. but in yeah. the, in like the past five six years, I yeah. was like, oh, that's yeah. the guy who's been behind this brand. I love yeah. my entire yes. life. Yes, and then like to draw another corollary, like you you kind of like can't know Headley and Bennett without knowing Ellen, right? You know. You, and like so, so I guess what I'm saying is like there is a massaging yeah. where like Bobby can go into a grocery store and up until recently people wouldn't know what he did for a living. Totally. But like if I go, people are like, oh, aren't you the that Maceo Kinsley yeah. guy? Yeah. Aren't you Jen Gotch? Yeah. Aren't you Puno? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I well, I think that's also a symptom of like the times we live in, and that there's a real craving from a consumer mm-hmm. to be able to apply a face to the company like i just think there's so many options out there for consumers that to be able to like relate and be like oh it's that guy or it's that girl i want to buy from them or like i want to be in that community i think is a new relatively newer thing that's why you're saying in the last five or six years i mean it's the same for me people didn't like stop me in a grocery store either you know, I mean, now, sure, but it's right. because, you know, it's because it was like, it was sort of like partially based on a demand. I wouldn't willingly just be like, I'm going to get out in front of this. Like, I'm asked to very directly. Like, you have to do this now. And I'm like, okay, well, I accept that responsibility. It, I wasn't like, and I'm going to just get out in front of it. Like, so you're, you're the old spice guy of. No, I just thought that. Like, <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was I funny. think it was just a way to call me old. And I'm cool with it. Spicy. <laughs> old, but spicy. Um, spicy. Yes. Yeah. I guess. So I just want, Oh, um, the, the way that Puno put it last night, or I put it and then Puno liked it. <laughs> But it was like the person's always going to have more engagement than the brand. Like people yes. want to. Yeah. And especially if they're genuinely like they still feel that way about the brand and that, you know, it's it's just like and, and that's certainly like as far as like actual data, like my engagement, social and social media engagement is higher than Bandos social media engagement. They have a much larger following than yeah. me, but like they're not like actively getting hundreds of comments on each post. Interesting point because yeah. I think the distinction that I'm hearing is that there's a lot of younger founders and people trying to grow their company and what their social has turned into is them promoting their company yes. mostly. Yes. As opposed to like I love Jen Gotch. And did you just say you love me? Like, is that you loving me? Yeah, I love you. I just want to make sure we got that recorded. I love it's on record. (laughs) But 
I actually don't like Vando. I don't. Yeah. Well, as well, you shouldn't. Yeah. But I mean, like there are that jacket that I bought. Yeah. I I bought it. I love you in that jacket. Because you were wearing it. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, it's not like I follow Bando. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think you'd love it more now, but I, but I totally get it. Like it's, it's, it's impossible to be that personal as a brand. We have tried because it's very frustrating for me. Like I just like want people to understand the point of difference, but yeah, Mm -hmm. I think I, I do agree. Like there's a lot with Bando that was, that was not as designed in. Like, I think we just had the luxury of starting when we started being the people that we are me staying on being the person that I am like, I'm just not like, um, ego driven is not the right way, but I, that's just not how I would operate. Like I wouldn't even understand that I deserve to do that (laughs) or Mm -hmm. understand that it's a responsibility. Like I'm only coming to realize some of that stuff now. So I, I do think like there's a lot of strategy built into other people, other founders, things, because it is a formula that works. But mm. I, like as soon as I know a formula works, I'm like, fuck that formula. I want to do I'm like very contrarian. So I, you know, um, but then you also get to a certain point where you're like, I mean, now is a perfect example. Like if I want to live the life I live, like I do want to be responsible to Bando. And that means like committing to supporting the brand and like being in front of it but it feels like i feel excited about that if i didn't feel excited about it i probably would have to just not be a part of it because i wouldn't be able to pretend i feel like i have one last question um are 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 you now or have you been working towards being hyper aware of fun like mm-hmm. does it does it influence your decisions or are you being more selfish about it like is this something that you is like top priority mm-hmm. for Jen in t- this 21st century <laughs> I, I'm actually really glad that you asked me that because I have two things I want to say about it the first is several years ago when I was like slaving away at work at the most fun company and brand on the planet, I was like, I was just like dying at my desk, you know? And I felt like fun was work because work was fun and rewarding and hard and challenging and all that stuff. But I like, it felt fun. Um, And I got, and I was, my health was just in, just in a bad way. Um, and I went to the doctor and they, you know, they did my blood work and I went back for the results and she was like, I mean, you're so healthy. And I was like super disappointed because like, I wanted to be able to identify like why I felt the way I felt. And she was like, uh, what do you do for fun? And I was like, what do you mean? And she's like, what do you do for fun? And I was like, I don't have. I don't have time for that. Like I have fun at work. And she was like, let me make a suggestion. Like you, you have to actively pursue fun. Like you have to put it into your calendar. Like you, you have to do it with intention, Uh, not having fun at work, but like 
going, going out to dinner, going to a movie, going, you know, going to a park, hanging out with friends. But, and, and so I, I, for many years had Wednesday night, six to nine, have fun was what it said on my calendar. And I would just do, and I had a dog walker scheduled and I just would like figure it out every week. And, um, and that, changed a lot for me. And I think it's really important for those of us that are like very passionate about our work to understand that like, those are two very different things. And, mm-hmm. and I think now the thing that I have learned, because I, I think that um, I've been able to like slowly tap into the joy that resides inside of me and inside of, we all have it. We're just like not really taught to access it, that it does bring a level of fun and like joyousness to everything, even like weirdly horrible things like, um, that has made my life like that's not to say I don't still actively pursue fun because I do but I feel like I carry it with me in a way that I absolutely didn't before and like to know that we have that is like incredible you know um so those are the two things I want to say about fun <laughs> I think of it I think of I like the way, yeah go ahead Puno. yeah you gotta I love it because it's like the prescribing of fun is just for people like it's just so important like I when I left my last job I was so I think I had the best paranoia I was paranoid that I would be burnt out again because I didn't check in enough yeah yeah um I would I would check in and like when I was I was like at a bar and I was crying right and be like, it's not working <laughs> I should check no shit <laughs> Yeah. And then, and now I like, I did this thing after I, I left and I asked myself, I had to be my own boss because no one else was checking in on me. So mm-hmm. every day I'd be like, Hey, Puno, how you feeling today? Mm-hmm. No, you don't like that. What can we do about it? And mm-hmm. then next day, same questions. And it wasn't until maybe a year after that I got a hang of it but it's so much of a skill to like um, to, to protect your fun and like protect your sanity and your like energy and your emotional energy and mm-hmm. um, all that stuff is so good. Yeah. yeah. Just honoring yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I think of it like um, if you, if you, if you drive home with your GPS, mm-hmm every time Mm -hmm. and then one time you don't have your gps Mm. then you're like you've never done it without it Mm -hmm. and if you if you try it every now and then then you like know where to get you know how Mm -hmm. to get there Mm -hmm. and so like you can use your gps sometimes but if you don't have it you still Mm -hmm. know how to get home Mm -hmm. and like like that's like joy like if yeah if you access it often Mm -hmm. enough and you schedule it often Mm -hmm. enough and then when it's not scheduled you're like i still know how to get it Yeah. yeah yeah Or you know how to get there, even if you feel like you're lost, like you Mm -hmm. actually, yeah, have the way. Yeah, I agree. Awesome. We did it. We did it. Love it. It was good. Yay. Thanks for asking me to do it. Well, that was a fun episode. They all are. They all are. So if you felt that way too, we would love it if you could, uh, well, Maceo, could you tell them what they should do? If you could, just go ahead and drop us a million stars or as many as you think are 
are worthy as a little review and, and, and maybe tell us what you liked about it. Yeah. And then our parents will be proud of us. Mm, I can feel it already. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. It's, it's fun. fun. With Puno. And Maceo. Maceo and Puno. It's Puno and Maceo. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs>